Hello, everyone. I'm Sony Kasim, Director of Multimedia and Content Strategy with Becker's Hospital Review. Thank you for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Phil Eichenholz, CEO of Anesthesia at Sound Physicians Anesthesia. In today's episode, we'll chat all about anesthesia programs and care teams. Dr. Eichenholz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, and it's good to be able to join you, Sony. Likewise. So with that, let's jump into our conversation. So the use of ASCs is growing with repercussions for anesthesia care teams. How does the growth in surgery center utilization require anesthesia programs to do things differently? So Sony, I think the answer to that is that everything is changing and now the change is all that much more rapid. We're seeing marked increases in volume, in complexity, in terms of variety and types of cases. We're seeing an increasing number and types of payers uh, that are coming to the surgery centers. And finally, the demands that are put upon the surgeons and consequently us on anesthesia to meet their needs continues to grow. So let me, let me unpack that a little bit more. Um, we know, especially after COVID, that there was a huge transfer of patients from hospitals over to the surgery center settings. Uh, and that was driven obviously by uh, limitations of surgery in the hospital setting and also probably increasing demand on the part of the consumer wanting to not be in the hospital. This is all under the background of government now saying, listen, uh, any and all kinds of cases that we previously thought were only suitable for the hospital, we want now to be considered to be done in the surgery center. So that means that service lines grow, things like cardiology that weren't present before, things like total hips that weren't done before, and so on and so on uh, are gonna be coming to the surgery center more and more uh, different complexity of cases. And, and just to unfold further and key, key note that we all know that uh, the federal government now has uh, taken a whole list of surgical procedures that were no longer considered appropriate for the outpatient setting and said, yes, they are completely appropriate for the outpatient setting. So will more and more types of cases come into the surgery center setting? And then I uh, started to note that in 2023, we're going to proceed on to bundled billing and all the complexities that accompany that, which means we're going to have to be that much more efficient and that much more really sensitive to the, to the cost side of the equation. And then finally, if you've got surgeons that are getting reimbursed less, but being asked to do more in the surgery demand, well, their only response is, I got to get these cases done uh, in a very time efficient manner and the outcomes have got to be excellent. And we got to do it all knowing that we're not necessarily going to have the backup kind of services that you may find in a hospital. So all that is going to cause us to think differently about how we provide anesthesia in a surgery center setting. In the days not so long ago and in still many surgery centers, one anesthesiologist comes and takes care of one surgeon. And 
that's an outmoded way of looking at that. And we need to say, okay, what's an alternative? What's more efficient and what's more cost effective? What I've outlined here is lots of changes coming. And I think the answer that we're going to look at increasingly is anesthesia care teams, meaning anesthesiologists working in concert with uh, a number of CRNAs all at one at one point. Got it. So there's a lot going on here between the complexity of cases and volume being handed down. And it's going to take a shift in mindset to think about how to react to this and, and get a hold of it. A- absolutely. So if you're having more and more cases that are coming to a given surgery center, and we've got an increasing variety of cases, consequently, we're going to have to have people that can respond from an anesthetic point of view to all kinds of different kinds of cases, patients that are going to be sicker uh, than, they, than they were previously seen in a surgery center, so more demand there, less backup services that you might expect from a hospital. So uh, we're going to be asking more of our providers in terms of being able to take care of complexity and sicker patients. And now, and a number of these patients are ones that would not have been considered for a surgery center prior. And we've got to keep it flowing to really keep the surgeons satisfied so that uh, we can continue to get their, get their business. So the fact that we're doing all this, but it's got to be very much a consumer experience. And what do I mean by that? You can't just drive volume through a surgery center and not be very aware that our patients and our population now have a different expectation. And that expectation is that when they come to a surgery center, they wanna be treated as kindly as if they were to come to a boutique, anything, whether it's where you go get your coffee or where you get your clothing, but they want it with the efficiency of Amazon. And so what I'm really trying to say is it's got to be very patient-centric, very kind, very comforting, very secure. And at the same time, the patients go, I want to get in, I want to get out, and I want everything to go well. uh, And I don't want to be there uh, for a long period of time. And by the way, the surgeons are thinking the same thing. And they are also the consumer here. Uh, they've got huge demands on their time. So if they're coming in the morning and they've got office in the afternoon, they want to be able to come in and get out and get to their office and attend to their patients that they have to see in the office. The patients are the same way. They want to come in, get their procedure and be able to get home in a short period of time. If surgeons are coming in the afternoon, um, then that means that they have an expectation that they're not going to be waiting, that the time that they scheduled, same with the patients, is going to be the time that the procedure starts. So what I'm trying to really underscore here is that you're going to be flowing a lot of cases through here, but everyone has to feel like they're the only one, and both the surgeons and, and the patients. And so consequently, we're looking towards a much more team-like approach uh, to being able to do that. And I'll be glad to dive down into a little bit more detail on 
on what we really mean by that. So it's all about creating the smoothest, most efficient process for all parties involved, but obviously with the patient at the forefront. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about CRNAs. What role should CRNAs play in providing care at surgery centers? So let me very directly answer that. And let's go back to how it was typically done, which was one anesthesiologist covering one surgeon, do one case, go on to the next case. Maybe the anesthesiologist has uh, other demands in the hospital where he's also concurrently practicing. And now all of a sudden, rapidly, surgery centers are getting very busy trying to move a large volume of patients and take care of each one very individually. So we think that uh, an anesthesiologist together in concert with a CRN in a team-like approach is that much more effective. And so what are the specifics that I'm talking about? Well, we're big advocates of using as much regional anesthesia as possible. Patients wanna wake up very comfortable these days with as little pain as possible, but put in a regional block and then maybe having to use an adjunct of sedation or even general anesthesia, well, it can have a consequence in terms of being less efficient or taking more time to get the regional block in place. You put together an anesthesia care team, now you've got a whole team-like approach. Hopefully you're getting your regional blocks placed on or with the patient prior to the patient going into the operating room, then you just wheel the patient right in, regional blocks in place, uh, start your adjunct anesthesia, whether it's sedation or general anesthesia, and you're off, as we say, off to the races and done. And what that also uh, is doing is, number two is being much more cost-effective. Obviously there is a disparity uh, between what we provide in compensation for anesthesiologists and CRNAs. And if we do it in a team-like approach, uh, we can lower the anesthesia costs. That becomes, that's always been important to the patients, uh, always been important to the managed care companies, but it's becoming all that more important rapidly to the surgeons and to the surgery center when we move into bundled billing uh, that is already unfolding. Uh, for different service lines across the board in this country. So we all got to look at our costs. And if we do it in a team-like approach with CRNAs and anesthesiologists, uh, we can be that much more cost-effective. The next thing to think about in terms of cost effectiveness or efficiency is that uh, if we have a team-like approach, as one provider is taking a patient out of the operating room, we get a quick turnover. Another one is preparing uh, the next patient and we're back rapidly into the operating room. We're that much more efficient. And we have a provider that is following the patient in the recovery room, making sure that everything is in, in place for them. Finally, and I think this is a really important point and it, it needs to be clearly acknowledged which is coming out of COVID as we are now, uh, we know that there's a nursing shortage across the country. We're all seeing it in the headlines, but there also is gonna be a tightening uh, supply of both anesthesiologists and CRNAs. And we've been tremendously successful at recruiting CRNAs by having them 
practice, everyone practice, anesthesiologists and CRNAs at the top of their license. So our CRNAs are fully doing all regional anesthesia uh, and they're participating in all kinds of cases. And I think that that is a really uh, compelling story to CRNAs to come join us, uh, to come work in any given place where they have that opportunity to do that. Because obviously you get a, a lot more personal satisfaction when you're practicing at the top of their license. And also, as I've noted, when you're doing that, it's to the benefit of the surgeons and the patients. So overall, an anesthesia team that's going to be in the surgery center is going to be that much more advantageous as our volumes and our complexity and our demands grow in surgery centers. Got it. Thank you so much for doing a deep dive into that. It was really informative. Now, you've spoken a lot about care teams. When is this approach most applicable in surgery centers? Well, I guess you could almost turn the question around and say, uh, when is it not applicable? When, when can you say, I don't really need an anesthesia care team? And then you go, wow, it's becoming a pretty short list. Um, maybe it's a particular surgery center that it has all uh, private pay uh, contracts um, that is doing orthopedic surgery and high payments and cost is not so much uh, an issue. I'm not sure that there are that many of those kind of surgery centers uh, left. And uh, maybe it's in that kind of surgery center that's a low volume and uh, high efficiency is not that much of an issue, but do you really wanna be in a surgery center like that? Or do you wanna be in a surgery center where people are doing a lot of cases and know how to do them well? The nursing staff uh, has a lot of uh, runs at doing a particular case and knows how to do it well. So in those kind of settings, the, uh, anesthesia care team is clearly the most effective in terms of efficiency and the consequent economics. So you almost have to say, when, when would you not want to use an anesthesia care team? And you're hard pressed to come up with uh, a really good answer because um, as the volumes have increased, as the economics have become more and more important, as the consumer demand has risen for uh, efficiency and a very personal approach at the same time, then increasingly the anesthesia care team has been the go-to answer. And it's really hard pressed to get away from that. Right. And even when you're a patient about to go through surgery, I think having the best care team in place is, is incredibly crucial to ease those tensions and alleviate any anxieties about surgery. No doubt about it. And I think that um, if I could really, you know, drill down to a very basic uh, point, which is if you're working in an anesthesia care team and you've got the support of teammates, uh, it allows you to take the time and really give that personal care to the, to the patient and the way I equate it is, you know, looking at the patient and saying, 
how how would I like my mom or how would I like my dad or how would I like my brother or sister or all the important people uh, to me personally? How would I like them to be treated? How would I like to be treated? And then have the opportunity to give them that kind of personal uh, care and not feel like you're in this high pressure intensity uh, push to just get the patient to sleep and wake them up. And you're doing this while I'm clearly acknowledging that volumes are increasing and there is an overall uh, demand on taking care of more and more patients in the outpatient setting. Well, you can't just go on doing what you did before. Uh, it's not going to work. You need to find a new avenue, a new solution uh, where you have uh, the attendant support to be able to deal with these volumes and still give very personal care. And I think that an anesthesia care team uh, allows that to happen. And it also creates a milieu that the patients feel like they uh, are getting, you know, that kind of Starbucks personal attention, but the surgeons are getting the efficiency of Amazon. And they're two different companies uh, doing different things, but they're both doing it well. And we need to try to take the strengths of both and apply that to the surgery center setting. Great words of wisdom, Dr. Eigenholtz. I love the analogies. Any other thoughts that you'd like listeners to know? You know, I, I think the only huge takeaway is that you can't pretend that all this is not happening. And, you know, I, I many times will make a note that I hear from anesthesia providers, I just need five more good years. And every time I hear that, I go, oh, wince, because I know what they're really saying. What they're really saying is, I just need five more years where nothing is changing, that we just continue on like how I'm comfortable. But the, the big takeaway is that everything is changing right now. It's happening and we need to embrace it and find solutions for it. And we can't pretend that it's not happening. I feel like that's great life advice because all of life is about change, right? So embrace the change and, and find solutions to all the problems that we face. And then um, have some fun in the midst of all of it. Right, exactly. Can't forget that. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Eigenholtz, for your time and thoughts today. It's super insightful. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. We also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Sound Physicians. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.